Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to another episode of Visionary Focus Podcast. Today, we've got Prez on the pod, oh, a.k.a. at the Clip Creator on Twitter. What's going on, my guy? Visionary Focus, appreciate you having me on, man. I'm, uh, I'm excited to chop it up with you. Yeah, so obviously I've been checking out your Twitter a little recently, seeing that you've been doing your own thing and helping pretty much people um, pretty much scale their YouTube their YouTube channel through short form video content. And so is I'm just curious as well, what is it exactly that you do? Are you mainly help people like YouTubers scale their YouTube channels through short form content? And where do you get the idea? Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll get into it. So, you know, I um, most of my work involves extracting kind of those best moments or clips from people's YouTube channels. Like, you know, I'm actually working with this one guy that does like prank vlogs some stuff like that um and also more like educational valuable content so focused around like stock market videos investing personal finance all that good stuff and so a lot of my service is kind of centered around this idea of you know taking those best moments from those like hour-long videos and um kind of consolidating that into like 30 second clips so you know really going in there and picking out those best moments and tailoring that to short form style like reels TikTok, um youtube shorts etc and sometimes you know that involves a lot of raw video editing like adding subtitles or maybe kind of cutting out some of the pauses to make it more palatable for whoever's watching and other times it's um more just about just finding the best moments and extracting these raw clips but yeah that's kind of what i do and then you know i'll use social media marketing to kind of advertise whatever they're doing. So, you know, if I'm posting those, that clip on TikTok, I'll include some type of CTA or call to action to drive them to watch the full video and help that person grow their subscriber count, email list, whatever they're trying to push on to their audience. That's pretty smart. And where did you get the idea? And how long have you been pretty much doing this? Don't Definitely. Oh, for sure. For sure. So I actually started working with this brand back like probably October of 2021. So a um, little bit over half a year ago. And I was kind of interested in like, that's when I really discovered like money Twitter. So I was kind of looking for like work opportunities. Um, so I did a little bit of copywriting for them actually. And, you know, everything, um, you know, it's kind of funny how things work out or, you know, one thing just leads to another. That's kind of what happened here. And I started doing a little bit of copywriting for them. It was mostly, it was like an internship just to kind of get my, dip my toes in the space. And, you know, over time I got more responsibilities with the, with the brand, with the company. And I started dabbling in video editing a little bit. And I had a little bit of experience in video editing. I like to mess around in middle school. I made some of those like memes. Um, so I kind of like knew what I was doing to some extent. And eventually, you know, kept doing the video editing, was working for them. And I actually came across this thread by um, Mason, Cardinal Mason on Twitter, because I followed his stuff for a while. And he was talking about, you know, the demand for these kind of short form content style videos. And he was breaking down like how somebody could easily kind of do this for someone on a monthly retainer. And that's really, what really got the gears turning for me. Um, you know, I was already doing something similar for this other brand, cutting clips from these webinars and distributing them via social media. So, you know, when I got those gears started to turn, it really started to occur to me, like, you know, I could do this for other people. You know, I could 
legitimately build my own kind of service base around what I'm doing now. And so that's kind of where the light bulb went off. And I would say about February is when I really started considering like, okay, now you got to do some outreach and now you got to actually take some action on that idea. So, you know, I reached out to this guy. I knew I had a connection with him already. And, you know, I knew he had a YouTube channel and he was promoting a lot of his content on there. He didn't really have a presence on TikTok, Reels, or YouTube Shorts. So that was the angle I was going to take. So at the time, I didn't really know what I was doing. You know, I just had like a general idea of the video editing and like what I was actually doing. I was cutting up clips for him, right? Um, And at the time, like my offer wasn't like really formal or like kind of polished in any kind of sense i was really just riffing and hoping for something to hit and so i got on the phone with this guy and i started explaining like yo you know you have awesome long form content these videos videos are over an hour long and packed with information and entertainment however you don't really have a reach on any of these other platforms and i think you're missing out big time here's what i can do to help right and he's like okay like i'm interested like let's I'll give you some sam- make some me some samples and uh, we'll see what you can do. So worked for the guy for about two or three weeks for free. Um, you know, really just kind of figuring out as I as I went along. Um, and then from there, like you know, we we actually got some decent results just by posting consistently on TikTok. His views started to take up and like things things were definitely taking a positive turn after I started working for him and having that impact. And after about two, three weeks, he's like, yo, I'm going to pay you 125 a week to do this. And at the time I was stoked because I wasn't even getting paid from my other kind of work with the brand before that. So it was like my real first taste of like money online running some kind of service. So I was totally cool with that. You know, I wasn't going to be picky about the pricing or negotiating. For me, that was awesome because I was only doing like three clips a day and that didn't really take too much time. So that was the introduction. That's where I got started. That's where it really got started. And as I continued to build results for this guy, I actually developed confidence in the offer because once you get those results, like no one can really take that away from you. And then you have, you know, legs to stand on, so to speak. That's kind of how it all goes started. So, yeah. Interesting point about like, you know, working for free at the beginning, because sometimes you need to have those moments where you're just delivering a service on a performance basis or for free and then deliver or even over deliver to give you the confidence that you can crush it because the truth is once you have confidence you naturally deliver a great service a lot of the time you know what i mean it just the results, the results come with it 100 percent. i mean that's that's you know the key point you got people out here that really want to get into the space and they're very eager which is awesome um but the the downside of a lot of people kind of starting out is like you know there's people trying to pitch like 3k 4k a month offers and like not really having legs to stand on mm-hmm. and they're also right willing to work for free they're like very stubborn and yeah. when you're out you really can't afford to act like that you know you have to when i don't want to say be realistic but you have to understand that building credibility is really important especially if you're younger like yeah. i'm i'm 18 so in the business space, like there's a lot of people with more experience and like kind of knowledge than I have. And you got to stand out somehow, or at least kind of show that you can provide some value. Like you're going to be laughed at if you try to pitch something and, you know, not really know what you're talking about or not know what you can bring to the team. And when you're, when when you just can't afford to, when you're starting out to be too picky about 
pricing or negotiating like that's something that you can really focus on later on when you when you're kind of established and you have some results to stand on but mm -hmm. first my biggest kind of takeaway would be you know when you're starting out you got to be willing to create those free samples you got to send people portfolios like that's really important to building credibility to even give yourself a fighting chance because you know otherwise like you're, you're not gonna it's it's people just aren't gonna pay you what you're looking for if you don't have any kind of previous results likes to say not better yeah and a lot of people are very delusional on twitter like they think right off the bat they have no experience no case studies and they're just gonna charge someone three to five k for a service like are you mad like are you nuts like you really think people are gonna trust you with that and a lot of the times you're not gonna be able to fulfill the service and you're gonna fail and you're gonna waste your clients money you know <laughs> that's what happens yeah. like 90 percent of the time <laughs> you know and that's fine it's like a learning process but you need to you know it's much better if it's like a five you know you start with 500 bitching you know 100 bucks 500 bucks you know my first my the first money i made was like 50 40 45 dollars online right you gotta start somewhere like no one started right off the gates charging three to five k some people did maybe right but a lot of people just start small and then build up from there because then you start building reputation and then if you can actually fulfill on your service you're not going to start on like huge deals right off the bat and i think the reason why a lot of people start charging like massive deals is because and they're very delusional is because on twitter people talk such big numbers all the time and that you think it, it almost becomes normal you know exactly no so that was really well said and the big part about that is you know everyone i see what's really popular now is like you kind of it's the motto about like uh get paid to learn type of thing like figure it out and i do agree with some of that stuff to a certain extent because i'm learning new stuff all the time and you know a lot of that stuff is just kind of being versatile and being able to pick up new skills on the fly i think that's that's uh integral to anyone's success in the space but at the same time like you have to you have to understand that like these are like professionals and certain they're in their industry and they they've built kind of reputations and networked and made connections through the years and like for you to just like think that you can send like a random email and not really show kind of what you've achieved or at least at least offer some kind of free value or um you know proof of work before you actually started getting paid and like they're, they're not going to take you seriously and that's that's really important and i think when you're starting out too you have to value the relationships and the connections over the money and what i mean by this is like when i was getting paid 100 125 dollars a week i was okay with that because i knew if i could at least deliver results for this person and kind of provide value that this relationship would mean a lot more than like x amount if i was just kind of stubborn and um i wanted to charge more right because in this case like you get one client and you get like a really positive testimonial or like a screenshot of results like that's that social proof is going to be worth a lot more than whatever um dollar amount you wanted to pitch them initially you know what i mean like you know, when, you, when you look back you're going to realize like that kind of connection or that case study was worth a lot more than whatever you were willing to charge to begin with because that's really like a never-ending uh you know metric that you can use going forward and that's crucial big time
I think Cold Email Wizard talks a lot about this. It's like no matter what at the beginning, collect your first case study. Once you collect your first case study, that means you've been able to deliver a service for a certain client. You've been able to deliver a certain outcome that you promised initially. Right? You're already ahead than most people. Most people, they don't even have one client. Most people don't even have a case study, you know? So once you have one case study, then you can go start pitching. And when you start pitching, you know, you have proof of work, you know? So once you get that first case study, you know, you, you get it no matter what it takes. It takes three months, six months, whatever, a year, just get it. Once you have that, you can leverage that through your outreach and now you'll get more people. And obviously, you know, having a good offer helps as well. But the service that you're offering specifically is a very hard market. So it doesn't have, you don't have to have the craziest offer ever. If you just hit up the right people who you know need your service, you, you don't, you almost don't need any like crazy offer or crazy guarantees or anything. You're like, hey, I can help you, you know, grow a YouTube channel. This is the results I've gotten. If you've gotten like really good results, those will speak for for themselves. You know, therefore your offer doesn't have to be crazy because you, the proof of work is going to do the talking for you. You know what I mean? But a good offer is like, you know, cherry on top. This is where you, if you want to print clients, if you have a good irresistible offer that's almost risk-free for them, then obviously you're going to get a bunch of pe more people as well coming in. But the demand is high for what you're offering, you know? Yeah, no, 100% sure. I like, I like what you mentioned there. It's like, you don't have to. And the thing that I try to explain to people when people ask, like, what is your kind of offer? Like, what do you pitch? It, it's a little bit of a long-winded answer, but at the same time, it's it's also pretty simple because what I'm trying to do is really just repurpose people's content, right? And with that in mind, but I'm also trying to get views on social media and drive engagement, drive traffic, et cetera. And what a lot of people do in other services is like email marketing, like for them, there's like usually like a dollar amount, like we can increase your revenue or sales by X, Y, Z, right? It's, it's a lot easier to quantify with this. Like there's that kind of randomness element with the algorithm. And also like important part of this is like the people's content that I'm repurposing, editing, et cetera. Like the base raw content still has to be engaging enough to where it can kind of drive use because if it's not, successful on its own like there's only so much editing and tricks i can do to make that palatable for the audience so that's really important to consider and that's why i generally don't promise like x amount of views like i'll show them what i've done for other clients but that doesn't necessarily mean like i'm we're gonna replicate that to the t you know what i can promise though is that over time if we post consistently we will kind of build an audience and we're at least putting shots out there for people to recognize the brand and what they've done because i'm a very like kind of like you know when you I, i'm a, i'm a reps guy like i'm all about just like posting consistently like that's what i do for my clients so, like we're posting anywhere between two to four clips a day on their pages respectively and just putting it putting up shots like really just giving ourselves opportunities to succeed and i'm, I'm a believer like if you just put enough pieces of content out like eventually something's going to hit and that's what's yep. going to get the the domino effect to go and then people other people to start discovering your content facts mm. and that's, that's what it's all about yeah. and it's really just about like promising them that consistency and then just saying like look eventually because every in every single situation where i've done that like eventually there has been some kind of video to take off or perform really well and get the get the traction started and so you know 
another another piece that I thought was funny that you kind of mentioned is I actually have a story about this is about like you know it's very in demand and also there's a lot of people looking to um, get better in this area so you know one of the people I actually reached out to via cold email and this one I only had one case study at the time too I think I was using like a really sketchy email like I think it was like a rocket mail domain I didn't even have a G Suite set up back then I reached out to like maybe 20 25 people cold emails just one night one guy responded and we went through a long email thread of back and forth about like results what i charge etc so eventually i got on the phone with the marketing guy at the company and um you know we were talking through and, and i was like you know if this is something you find valuable like i'd love to work and it's just one of those examples of like being in the right place at the right time it's like yeah this is perfect in fact our social media manager our former social media manager actually ghosted us like two weeks ago and is no longer like putting out work for the company. So like, this is like a void we need to fill like immediately. And I didn't have no idea at the time. This was just like, um, I really liked their content on YouTube and followed them for a long time. And I thought I could do some good work for them. I had no idea they were like, they were in that kind of crisis with the social media yeah. person. So it was just really fortunate. Like, that's why I always say like luck is more about just like the amount of numbers you put up. I think it's just like my personal philosophy has always been like, you're just putting in enough kind of shots. If you're reaching out to enough people, like eventually something's going to go your way just because of like numbers, you know, big time. And so that was, that was like one of the situations I realized, like it doesn't take a whole lot to be lucky. You know, you just have to position yourself um, appropriately and, and just Couldn't go work. balls to the wall. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you know, really interesting. And timing, when you're doing outreach, people have no idea how important timing is. Sometimes you reach out to a certain company or a certain type of individual, and the timing just isn't right. And if you follow up two months later, you'll close them on a deal, just because the timing will be right then. That's why follow-ups are so important for people wondering. Because a lot of times when I was early in space, people were like, oh, follow-up, follow-up, follow-up all the time. I didn't get it. But the reason you follow-up is because the first time you send the email, it was probably wasn't seen, especially if you're emailing someone who's super busy. And then you need to, you know, put up your shots. You need to be seen. Because if you send 100 emails, but only, let's say, 13 see the first email, you didn't send 100 emails. You sent 13 emails that were seen. You know? You know what I'm saying? That, yeah, that is a really good perspective. I actually like that. I've never really thought about it that way. Um, yeah, follow-up is definitely some, something I'm still working on because you know it's it's netted it's definitely netted me results before and that's how i got another one of my clients just being persistent with dms um mm -hmm. or just like you know i was throwing out some feelers for them i was creating some samples and i was just like very aggressive about you know moving forward and like actually doing more work for them going forward and that's kind of how i um ascended there but yeah no 100 percent. i think but to like, be honest with your offer you don't need much follows bro just hit up the right people hit up a lot of people who need your service yeah and you'll a lot of times i mean when you're starting out i think follow-up is a little bit more important because yeah. like you know like you're just trying to make stuff work and you got to work with what you got but yeah most right. of the time if your offer is solid and you kind of explain it well and people are interested and they find that valuable like you're good to go like i think mm. the, the cold email thing I, I told you about was like very streamlined because like i said they happened to actually that there was like a legitimate need in the company for somebody to kind of yep. handle the video editing and short form content um and also like i had shown them the case study and given like them screenshots of analytics and stuff so everything was smooth sailing i think i went from like 
um, from when I reached out to them to when I started getting paid was probably like a month or something like that. Mm. Like just yeah. getting like on board and stuff. Like it was pretty seamless. And I think, you know, speed kills. And if if you're efficient and aggressive, like you can really start picking up traction. Quickly. Have you have you noticed that learning copywriting actually helped you with this business? Because it seems like you were more into copywriting beforehand and then launched this business a little right after. I, yes, definitely. I think I've always had like a strong suit in writing and speaking and just like being able to articulate things well and also just like understanding, um, you know, what what people like to click on and what people's eyes are drawn to. So, yeah, I, I definitely think I had a good background in like writing and then obviously experimenting with copywriting at the brand and kind of learning to emulate their brand voice helped me with other clients because like I just have a natural sense of like what people are like. And that's really important too, because like the captions, the headings, the the tweets, they have to be congruent with the person's personality. Otherwise it just sounds like it's off. Actual. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And they know the person behind the screen is like, is different than the person they're following. Right. And that's, that's really crucial. And so kind of having that skill of being able to read, um, read somebody's brand voice or personality and, and put that into written form is super crucial. And it's something that not everyone has. So, you know, I definitely wanted to lean into that strength because it's something that that's, it's crucial. I mean, you can't really do this. You can't really, you're going to have a lot, you're going to struggle with this kind of service if you don't know how to read people or kind of pick up their brand voice or personality, because my captions, my headings, whatever I'm doing for them, video descriptions, it's very congruent with the type of person they are and what their brand voice looks like. Like the brand I worked with, like I worked with them for months and months on end of just like every single week doing some kind of writing for them. So like eventually over time, I just got very um, acclimated with the, um, with the voice and like what, what kind of image they were trying to project. And over time, like I, I remember like sitting down trying to ghostwrite their tweets initially and I was really struggling. I was just throwing a ton of feelers out and like seeing what, um, seeing what was like, you know, people responded well to. And like, now I can sit down and write the copy in like 10, 15, 20 minutes, just cause I, I'm, I'm so kind of in tune with it because of, I've had that experience and I've just had that exposure to the content. And no, so the, the, the copywriting is so important, especially when you're writing the call to action, CTAs, it's gotta, it's gotta match the persona of whoever you're trying to market. That's so important. Big time, big time. And, you know, now that you have a, a personal brand on Twitter as well, those copies, those copy scales, you know, can then be implemented for on, you know, for that as well. Because Twitter, you know, Twitter's all copy. It's all text. It's all words. You know, it's not at all video or pictures like Instagram, TikTok, right? Um, so how, how, how has that been actually, you know, pretty much growing your brand? Because I've seen you pretty much grow pretty well, you know? lately on on uh, twitter and so how how has that been and also how did you how did you discover money twitter as well yeah sure that's that's both good questions um so i would say about like last year is when i started to kind of like lurk on money twitter like probably late 2021 like summer 2021 um i don't even remember why i got on twitter to begin with i think i might have seen like somebody's youtube video and apparently like it, ha it just so happened like something with like making money online probably like a YouTube video or something. I don't think it was like a very specific path. It was kind of blurry. And then just like over time, I saw like, you know, people retweeting other people's stuff and then I followed them. And it was kind of like eventually I found like this corner. 
but I think I got on Twitter with something like self-improvement or entrepreneurship or something, something along those lines that kind of led me to the, you know, select kind of group of people that I follow now and just this whole space. So that was kind of how I got involved with it. Long time learning though, definitely just like kind of seeing what people were doing. I thought it was really cool how people were kind of building these online spaces and brands and everything just from scratch um, with $0 startup cart costs in a lot of cases. So that was very inspiring. Um, you know, I think I really liked the um, the Dan Co stuff. That was probably because he's probably like one of the more um, mainstream kind of guys with this stuff where, you know, he has like a reach on YouTube. I think I might have seen one of his videos, but that, you know, and then I kind of found like a particular corner that I really liked from that, from that point. And then, you know, in terms of growing my own following, like just really focused on like giving out some value. I mean, that's kind of the classic playbook. That's what they always say, right? Just sharing my experience along the way. I don't really like to take like an advice giving frame. I just more like share what's worked for me. And, you know, hopefully people can draw something like that. And like, really just, I, I'm also kind of interested in like, you know, philosophy and carving out like kind of your own um, identity or like personal beliefs. So, you know, I'm young, like I don't have it all figured out, but I think it's always cool to look back like every few years and like, kind of see where you were at in terms of like the process or the year, like Big what time. you were going through. And Big so that's, that's kind of what I'm trying to do is like, I don't want to be like kind of defined as like, oh, like you just does video editing. Like I kind of like to, you know, I think I think the Do Lab actually put this really well. If you follow Do on Twitter, yeah, I do. said I do. about like you know, kind of being like just like 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 you know, you can only really be like explained by your name. Like you know, it's not just like oh, he's a video editing guy. It's like oh, he's Prez, and then people have like all these kind of connotations about you because you know you're interested in a bunch of different stuff. And like, I feel like that's me. Like I feel like I'm a good writer and I'm good at articulating. Um, what other people are thinking, but they don't know how to put it into words. And that's why I feel like sometimes when I speak to people over the phone or write, it's like people, people resonate with it. Be, people resonate with, with it because it's like some kind of original idea that they haven't thought of or alternate perspective, or it's something that they've kind of like known about subconsciously, but they just don't know how to put into words mm -hmm. and really get. So that's why I like, I try not to be like too, picky about what I put on there. Like I like sharing insights about video editing and that kind of whole business, but also kind of like my personal thoughts about like business, life, relationships, that kind of stuff. And like, I'm only 18 and I like, you know, I don't have, like I said, I don't have it figured all out, all figured out. And I don't like to present that kind of version of myself because, you know, my, my ideas and shit are, it's always, it's always being challenged. So you know, it's really just kind of sharing where I'm at at the process and hopefully people can kind of take some value from that. Mm. Seems like you're well on your way, you know, because it's a personal brand, personal brand. You know what I mean? So you have to have some personal touch. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, if let's, say tomorrow, if let's say tomorrow your accounts get shut down, would you be able to rebuild it off your voice? You know? Right. Like there's some That's, people like you, you take off your, their username profile picture, you would directly recognize them. Like, oh, this is Dejaroo, this is, this is Logfist, this is, you know, Danco, whatever. You know, you'd be able to recognize right away. There's some people that are, you know, their voice, you can just, you can sense it. You know, you almost have a sixth sense for their brand. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Yeah, no, that's, that's so, that's a really good point. And 
trying to build like an identity around like someone else is like really dangerous because you know when when stuff like that happens or like you know copy and pasting like it, i feel like it's always great to draw inspiration from other people but at the end of the day you kind of just have to like lean in on your own personal strengths and what's worked for you and just kind of like reflect on the person that you are and what what kind of unique shit that you've you've accumulated over the years and those experiences and sharing those with the world like that's really what's going to do well at the other day like people think there's a formula for growing a, a following and like well that's true to an extent like i feel like there are certain things that are just like kind of golden rules in terms of like you know how to how to dominate the social media space i think there's just this intangible aspect of you know building that identity and like those experiences like not everyone has been in your exact seat so that alternate perspective it wakes people up and like i think this is why guys like log fits and like nick rogers like i'm a big fan of their podcast the associates which they just launched is like they kind of have like that swagger or whatever that like you know it's really hard to kind of like fake that or try to replicate it on your own because it's like that's come from direct experience and like they have you know they've had personal things that they've had to work through to kind of uh build that persona right that didn't just that's not just something they like saw in like a youtube video like how to be confident or how to be charismatic right like that that's that a lot of stuff is just like fluff and it's just like cope for not really having your own identity and like you know you don't learn this stuff from like watching a youtube video like how to build confidence like how to approach girls like it's it all comes to direct experience and it's like that's why i respect guys like that so much because you can just tell like their their charisma and the way they they look at life and the way they communicate with people is like a reflection of um their experiences and just like lots of trial and error so you know i've i've tried to i've tried to frame myself as someone with who comes from like a place of like you know humility but also like you know i do have some experience here's what i can kind of share with you because no one really has it all figured out and that's something i'm you know learning along the way can you hear me yeah yeah no real talk like nobody's got to figure it out like a lot of people say they've got to figure it out but they really don't you know like some people say they've yeah got to, they've got to figure it out but they don't even know themselves like you know what i'm saying like come on now <laughs> so it's like <laughs> life is like a never-ending learning process of you kind of figuring out who you are and what you're meant to do here i, I believe like i don't know like a lot of people say i don't know I'm, I'm very careful from people saying they've got that they know everything like if you meet people who say they know everything who are always right for example be very careful because they're saying no, they don't have more to learn and those people you know they live in a very small world very small-minded and you know right those are very you know you don't want to be surrounded by people like that and there's a lot of them you know so <laughs> but uh no dude that podcast as well from nick and uh logan logan's podcast no i fuck with it dude it's it's pretty good it's pretty good and, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah i think we can all kind of learn from that and just like you you got it you gotta just do go out and do stuff too it's like you know making money online it's, it's awesome and like kind of creating like online business, meeting people on here, but also it's like, I don't think like you should stray away from, you know, real life experiences because you can actually learn a lot that you can apply to business just by meeting people. Like, especially with the way like my, my, my stuff operates, like I'm on social media too. 
And like, I have to be constantly aware of like what trends are working, like what what's gonna catch people's attention. And so just by talking to people like my own age, like friends, you know, people a little older, people a little younger, it's like you get a lot of insight as to what people's like, what makes people tick or what catches people's attention. And so you can take a lot of those real life observations and apply it to your own business. And so isolating yourself and trying to like sit in your room on a laptop, like there's a point where there's just like diminishing returns and it, you, you just can't avoid like that real world interaction because that's just like, you, you can't replace that, man. That's so important. And it, you have these experiences like that just build that character and that, that translates into business when things get hard and like maybe shit isn't working at the time. Like just giving you that kind of extra boost to push through because you know you've actually dealt with conflict or adversity in the real world and then like what is this in in the grand scheme of things mm. yeah big time i generally this is why a lot of people think you know if let's say you're starting from rock bottom it's the best thing that could ever happen because you can only go up i don't know if you've heard that expression before yeah and so it's 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 kind of it's pretty it's true though like if let's say you're starting from nothing let's say you're 18 and you're dead dead broke like you've got nothing and you live in your parents house you've got nothing to lose like like you start a business you start 20 business and they all fail okay you're still 18 19 20 you can still crash at your parents house and just find a job save money invest back into coaching and then start another business you know because what's happening is you're forming your mind you're you're building an iron mind pretty much through just trying a lot of shit you know, and so I think approaching life not from a scarcity mindset is extremely important. And young people of our generation are conditioned to live young with a scarcity mindset, which is literally poison. It's literally poison because when you're young, you should be taking risk. You should actually be shooting your shot. Like, no, that's it. You not taking any risk is actually the biggest risk of all. You know, yet they encourage you to not take any. How does that make sense? No, that's dude, you put you you hit the nail on the head with that one. I mean, I think I think a lot of people too, and where I a space I found myself in like not too long ago before I kind of made this adjustment, it's like that that feeling of playing not to lose versus playing to win is really, really dangerous because it's all about kind of clinging on to what you have and not really having the confidence that like for whatever reason if like whatever you have is taken away from you, like I think where that like it's you know if you don't believe in yourself to make it all back if you lose it all that's where that kind of clinginess comes from and that's where like the scarcity comes from because you feel like you got lucky to attain whatever you have it is now you feel like that was like a factor of maybe just like getting luckier or getting a break and not like the actual skill set and so i feel like having things stripped from you and getting caught in bad situations is really important because like once you once you kind of when things go south and you're able to build back from that point, that's that's where you kind of that mindset shift happens because you understand like, hey, I've been robbed before. I built it all back. If it happens again, like I know how to deal with it because I have that kind of experience. Right. And that's so that's important right. because, you know, even with like relationships and stuff, too, I think that's so important is like I think people are really afraid to cut ties, even with people that they know like aren't really good fit for them or aren't like conducive to the to the type of person they want to be and they just don't really get along with is like they don't really want to go out and put themselves out there and reach out to new people because 
you know, they're, they're scared of rejection or they feel like they can't ever replicate whatever kind of idea of the relationship, their previous relationships they were holding on to. But, you know, I've actually found that subtraction is the best way to get things going, to actually like create traction. Because when you kind of put yourself in that position, like, you know, burn the ships or whatever, like to a certain extent, I think it's helpful because, you know, I've always found that like, after I've subtracted things in my life that maybe weren't serving me, something better has always come out the other side. And like after noticing that pattern, I've kind of had the confidence to be able to subtract things or maybe walk away from things that I that I didn't resonate with or weren't didn't feel like it was me. And every single time I've been able to walk into a situation that I feel like represents me better or, you know, just like it, it feels like natural. You know what I mean? Like just like intuitively, like that's kind of what you click people you click with opportunities you click with like activities you click with and i think people have to um I, I would definitely encourage people to kind of do some kind of small analysis of like the immediate people they surround themselves with because a lot of that a lot of that stuff will will dictate where you go and I, that's like sounds like super cliche advice but like cliches they're labeled as cliches because a lot of times they're true it's just what you just said is that's true it's still like exactly it's like you uh, like tate tate says you hang out with brokies you're gonna be broke you know i don't know he says something like that right but it's true if you're surrounded by people who you know they're wasting they don't value their time and they're just you know abusing their own body mind and soul in negative way and not dedicated to, to their growth guess what you're gonna fall in the same trap yet you're driven ambitious and you want more out of life it's just not gonna yeah stick. And Despite them definitely. being your childhood friends, you got to do what you got to do, bro. People don't like to yeah, hear that, I, though. Absolutely, and I think I think there's uh there I think you know what's I think for me it's always been important to I I take stock of people's like energy, um because I'm I I would say like I'm slightly spiritual in the sense that like or you know I kind of have this sense of like when people like have kind of that they, they look in your eyes of like somebody who wants to achieve somebody something and maybe like isn't at the stage of like kind of having any like tangible results yet or just with anything um and I, I don't think like you know i see a lot of stuff about like oh like if your friends aren't entrepreneurs like cut them off like you can't engage with them like i, I really am not a fan of that stuff because i just don't think it's real life and i think you know you you I, my, my, my personal way of approaching this, like everyone's got their own thing and you know, that's really not my place, but I've, I've always looked at it as like, look, if somebody wants to get better, like I will help them get better and encourage them to kind of push boundaries and like, here's how you could kind of change your circumstances. But I also actively think there's people that don't want to get better. And I think prefer, they don't, they'd rather use the energy to um, diminish other people's kind of ex accomplishments or experiences because that's kind of like the energy level that they're at and they really can't see past that they can't like they can't accept that they're that person is actually in a much better state than they are because that would kind of force the person that's hating or putting that negative projection out there to totally rip apart their identity and like start from ground zero and like the people and if you're not willing to do that like you're just going to keep hating yeah so and, on contrary, know, yeah. people who actually do want to change their circumstances like i'm on board with you man like it doesn't matter where you're at or like what kind of level of success you had like if you're optimistic towards the future 
and you you kind of accept that you're not where you want to be and your circumstances could be better like i can totally rock with you like for me it's never been about like somebody's level of success or like what they've done or like anything like that it's more about just having that kind of outlook about like you know and not just being a doom and gloom kind of person like oh this sucks like and just like kind of being in just like this negative aura all the time um if you can kind of take the other side of that like we can be friends and i can i can resonate with you because that's what i'm all about it's not about the tangible success it's just like sharing having that kind of shared mindset has always been most important for me yeah i'm not to, i agree um and you know you do not have all your friends do not have to be entrepreneurs <laughs> you know for anybody <laughs> listening like you could you could but the reason why a lot of people say that is because most people's state of mind is completely off like their mindset and their heart set and just everything is a lot of it is off you know and so obviously you want to have people who are ambitious around you and i think i think that helps especially if you're also someone who's ambitious you want some people who push you more and a lot of people would say okay if you don't have people who are you know like some people either they want to see you go up or they want to see you go down you know and some people like they won't support you directly but without you knowing it they do like well so it's like you have some friends you guys might be talking shit or whatever he's like high school friends or whatever he's not he might not be actively working on himself but he he generally roots for you you don't have to hang out with him every day you know but you can still keep in contact with him he's your boy no matter what you know so well said. Either, you know like come on now like and I, I do believe like now as i'm going more into business and stuff like that i want to connect with more young guys who are also doing online business like it's natural you know we did not like technically like we're definitely a minority so it's like naturally you want to connect with other guys because they they have experienced something similar right they know what it's like you know for other people around them to not understand what they're doing stuff like that you know so i, I get that but i also yeah. think you need to cut off people who you grew up with or you know but sometimes as well you need sometimes you need to do it as well right it's, but especially what i was talking to you about earlier was people who are negative who are very toxic who are literally like lib capping your growth massively or bring you down those people they gotta go in my opinion right so definitely it's a, it's a crab in the bucket thing man i mean if you've ever heard that analogy before where you know you you try to rise above your circumstances and your environment is conflicting with that goal to rise above your circumstances and so i think that's really important too like i think a lot of times like there'll be guys like especially this is why like i don't really <laughs> i i don't trust a guy who doesn't talk shit to you at some point and what i mean by that is the guys that don't talk shit to your face that you're friends with usually are the ones to talk shit behind your back yeah like the guys that give me shit and are critical but also constructive at the same time like those guys i resonate with the hardest and i know i know they're going to be ride or dies but the guys that are overly nice like passive aggressive types like those in my experience you want to stay away because those are the guys who are going to talk shit behind your back and really you know um they're gonna they're gonna act like you're there for you but they're they're holding on to a lot of like bitterness and like envy or jealousy when and, you start to wrap up mm -hmm. that, that's really something that i've kind of um dealt with and i it's it's a realization i've had from my experience i mean you, you want to see who who you who are your boys 
get lose everything, get in a really bad situation where you actually need people, someone's help, call the make a list, call every single one, see who's actually going to help. Then you see. That's what I call real homies. Someone you call, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., you have an issue, they pull up like this, you know, or you need something, let's say tomorrow you get kicked out, whatever, there's an issue, you need somewhere to crash, it's 3 a.m., 4 a.m., 5 a.m., or it's the middle of the day. They're like, yeah, sure, come, come right through, without even hesitating. You know, someone who are willing to help you, even if you have nothing, right away. Because let's say if you have, let's say, a successful online business and you're young and everything, it's easy to have friends because you're winning. But when you're not winning, who's still there? A lot of the time, it might be your mother and one other person, if you're lucky. <laughs> That's the truth. That's a cold, hard truth, bro. You know? Well said. Well said. And I think so many, so many people have these kind of transactional relationships where it's all about, like, what I can do for you, what you can do for me type thing. And, you know, it's really those acts of kindness or going out of your way to do something when it's not convenient and not expecting any kind of reciprocity that, you know, that's that's like an actual relationship, in my opinion. That's that's what makes it breaks, you know, people's people's friendships is like kind of going out of your way when something's like really not convenient to help a friend out in a tough spot, like and not really expecting anything in return or any kind of like um, debt that that's that's what's, you know. That's everything, man. And that's what's been important to me. But um awesome. yeah, so awesome. oh, my my laptop is like literally about to die. So no worries. Um, We're gonna like wrap, wrap it up soon. Five yep. minutes, any questions yep. or anything. Yeah. Like so be. what's what's next for Prez, bro? What's what's next up, bro? Yeah, so you know, I'm at the stage where it's like I've definitely hit my short term goal, so to speak. I thought five K a month was lofty. And sure enough, you know, I was able to kind of get to that point within a four month span, which I did not expect. And really from now, I'm just I really want to expand my client base at some point where the work becomes level of work becomes uh, unmanageable. I would like to start outsourcing and really just create something dope, man. Just meet like minded people. I've already connected with people like you and others on the space and just like see where I see how far I can take this. And I've, I've always been the kind of guy like I just like. I don't really even like concrete stuff. I just like saying like, look, I'm just excited. Let's like, let's see how far I can push this, you know, just pushing boundaries and like kind of getting to that point where like, I literally can't do anymore is where I thrive. And that's what it's all about for me. So really that's just awesome. expanding them and just trying to get more clients and, you know, becoming more well-rounded and everything. Yeah. 10K a month right around the corner. And then as soon as you delegate that, boom. Now you'll as soon as I get there, man, it's going to be a new milestone. It's so. game over. It's game over, hey, dude. I'm telling you. And so if anybody wants to get in contact with you, want to do business with you, or just want to reach out for you or follow your journey, what's the best way uh, for them to do that? Yeah, for sure. Um, Twitter, at the Clip Curator. Uh, you know, Visionary already pointed that out. I'm going to drop it in the – you can drop it in, like, the Twitter post or whatever with the podcast. Yep. Just hit me a DM. Like I'll respond usually pretty quickly. Um, awesome. But yeah, nice. that's, I really appreciate you having me on the podcast. It was a great convo, and yep. uh, I wish you the best of luck with all your endeavors too. Because I know you know seem like a genuine guy, and uh, yep. I know you got some uh, bright potential ahead of you. Yeah, thank you, Press, dude. It was awesome having you on the pod, dude. Uh, let's get you on in like a year or so when uh, that you know you're crushing. 10 15k months with the agency or 20k who knows it probably with a lot more like 20. Never know, so. man. Never know. Yeah, that's right. ripping.
Right, man. Appreciate yeah, your time. Sounds good. Appreciate sounds good. All right. See ya. And guys, make sure to uh, follow him on Twitter at the clip creator and um make sure you guys uh you know share this podcast to at least you know one friend who might find this valuable thank you prez once again for hopping on the podcast and uh thanks see you guys next episode peace out have a good one